Hello Blazers, welcome to episode 102 of UAB Green and Told. Original release Monday, July 17th, 2023. Through this podcast, we're able to share stories from members of the UAB community. Want to check out past episodes? Visit alumni.uab.edu slash greenandtold, Spotify, or the Apple Podcast app. And while there, leave a written review so more alums can find us. I'm Greg Barry, a UAB alum and director of communications in the Office of Alumni Affairs. Obesity, stroke, fruit and vegetable consumption. Nationally, Alabama is one of the worst in each, but that's not even including things like physical activity and many other chronic diseases and health issues. Today's podcast guest is part of a push to improve those numbers. As Teresa Shufflebarger will explain, changing the course that's been known for so long won't be easy. You know, I'm generationally from Alabama, so you asked where I grew up, but Mm -hmm. generations of my family has lived here, and we hover at the bottom of every important health ranking. That's where Teresa and the team at Live Health Smart Alabama comes in. They're supporting healthy choices and implementing changes to remove barriers Alabamians face in order to make healthy choices. Live Health Smart Alabama is not healthcare, it is wellness. Mm-hmm. It is how are we preventing chronic disease in this state. And so far, so good for Live Health Smart Alabama. UAB's first ever Grand Challenge recipient has already started to make an impact and caught the attention of its main investor. They've looked at this and said, we like where it's going. They invested another $2 million, so another million dollars for another two years. That means that UAV has invested $5 million. The numbers are somberly staggering when it comes to Alabama's health indicators. Two-thirds of Alabamians are living with chronic diseases. As a state, we rank 45th in physical activity, 46th in obesity and heart attacks, 48th in diabetes and fruit consumption, and next to last in cardiovascular deaths, stroke, and vegetable consumption. With rankings that are, well, abysmal, Live Health Smart Alabama has set out to bolster Alabama's numbers as part of the first-ever UAB Grand Challenge initiative. Teresa Schelfelbarger is part of the challenge, working as the organization's CAO. And as we explore what Live Health Smart Alabama is and where it's going, we need to understand who Teresa is. And that starts with someone who was a significant figure early in her life. My father's a guiding influence in my life and has, has long been that. And he was at Ernst & Young for over 30 years. And a large part of what he did was hospital audits. Okay. And and he really guided me into healthcare. You know, he said, Everybody always needs health care. It is a service industry, but it's also something that will always be there. It needs all kinds of people with different training, different education, different interests to be able to run efficiently. So he really guided me to try and um, consider health care. So after each summer in between college and in my summer jobs were always in a hospital. I worked in medical records, I worked in the billing office, I did special projects for the president. Back when medical records were was a paper chart that you pulled out of a out yeah. of a shelf each morning. You took the same route that a lot of other healthcare administrators have done. You decided to go get an MBA and an MSHA. Uh, I was in class 24. I'm dating myself, but I was in class 24. And the program was not number one like it is today. And, and aren't we all proud that it is number one? Christy Lamack and her team have done an incredible job. They, they really have gotten us there 
on merit and earned. Uh, but it was not quite as prominent at, when I was in class 24, but I knew people who had completed the program and was encouraged by them to, to consider it. Was it just kind of a step in the career journey that you felt you had to get those degrees to kind of further yourself? To be where I wanted to be, okay. to be in the executive team, even at that point, you knew that you needed some training beyond college. The MSHA gave me that specific healthcare knowledge. MBA was just the business aspect of it. And hospitals, the service industry, healthcare and service industry also business. You need to, you need to understand the finances. And so uh, the MBA helped me round out my education. You worked in the Baptist Health System. You worked at Brookwood. You did a couple different things, senior level management. Um, what were your experiences like and how did UAB kind of help you in those roles? I was at Baptist Health System for over 25 years mm -hmm. and, and moved into Brookwood Baptist Health at the merger of Baptist Health System and the Tenant Hospital, which is Brookwood here in Birmingham. But when you're somewhere for 25 years, you you go, you do a little bit of everything. So I spent time in inpatient medicine, outpatient medicine, the employed physician group, strategic planning and strategy development, service line creation, operations, physician engagement, uh, always on the administrative end. Each of those experiences layered on another opportunity and added to what ultimately I would be able to achieve. I spent five years as the chief strategy officer for Baptist Health System and then subsequently Brookwood Baptist Health. So you founded your own company, Allegro Partners. What is that? Is is that still in the healthcare world? Well, it started that way. Okay. So when I left Baptist, my husband said, sit still just for, you know, sit still for a while. And so I did for one month. <laughs> and and then I had friends who were calling. They were in the healthcare industry. We'd worked together. I know you're not at Baptist anymore. My hospital, my healthcare system needs a strategic plan. Come help me. And so the first one I did just, okay, I'll go down there and do that. I'll go over there and do that. And then I thought, this is a business. This is something I can do. So I founded Allegro Partners to help with strategic planning, strategy analysis, business development, board engagement. And honestly, it grew faster than I could have imagined. Uh, I did a good bit in healthcare, but quickly learned that as you think about strategic planning and strategy development, the questions that you ask and the plans that you make aren't just common to healthcare. So I ended up doing some retail work. I worked in some real estate development work. I worked extensively with nonprofits as well as healthcare systems. And, and what you really understand about strategic plans is it's about having the right people in the room and asking the right questions. Many years ago, it, you were judged, your strategic plan was judged by how thick the book was. Sure. How much data did you analyze? How many cuts and slices and dices of that data did you do? But really, it's about asking the right questions. It's about understanding who you, as an organization you are, what value that you can uniquely bring to your customers that no one else can deliver just like you, and how do you then capitalize on that. How are you better at serving your customers than anyone else? 
What is your strategic advantage? And that question cuts across industries. Obviously, with your MBA, that's going to help you in a business of your own and, and with consulting with others. Were you surprised how the MSHA kind of helped in that too? I'll tell you what's unique about UAB's MSHA program, and that is the alumni network. And it is unlike anything I've ever seen anywhere else. It's a tight group across all 55 plus classes now. But you, you mentioned yourself as a UAB MSHA alum, and that group opens its arms wide to help you, to support you, to work with you, to help you further yourself in your career. That is maybe one of the best values that I received from UAB's MSHA program, is that national network of people who all want to help each other. Why do you think that is? Because a lot of the times, you know, it's a competition, job to job, but the cohorts tend to kind of blend together and, and do want to help mm -hmm. each other. Well, I think the leadership in the MSHA program, the faculty, they engendered that kind of camaraderie and, and fostered that kind of um, uh, togetherness in a class. You know, I still stay together with some of my classmates. Some of my closest friends are my classmates from that MSHA program still today, and they're still in the healthcare industry. Allegro Partners, you mentioned, was growing, but you decided to do something different, and you came to UAB and work with Heart... Live I, Health Smart Alabama. Live Health Smart Alabama. I knew I was going to get it wrong. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a so lot. It's a lot. So why the pivot? You know, someone who I have watched and admired all of my career is Will Fernani. Mm -hmm. And Will Fernani, um, he taught one of my classes in graduate school you know, a long time ago. But what he was able to achieve as the CEO of UAB Health System is something that I have watched from across town all of my career and watched how he led the growth of this organization. And he reached out to me and he said, I think this is something that you could do. I think that this is a meaningful role that is a meaningful initiative for UAB that can help this state. And I'd like you to look at it. What do you think he saw in you? You know, I've, I've worked in Alabama all, almost all of my career. And healthcare is big, but healthcare is small. The, you know, the, you, you, it, it's a cohesive group. We speak our own language and we're really, we're a little bit different than everybody else. And so I think he knew that I had worked in this state and, you know, that Baptist health system spans more than Birmingham. It is across the state. And honestly, when I first, I started as a resident at Baptist health system and we were 10 hospitals at the time. So, you know, we were from Talladega County all the way to Cherokee County, all the way to Lawrence County. I mean, we were North Al North and North Central Alabama at the time. And a lot of those people stay in Alabama and stay in healthcare. So I think he saw that I had that kind of deep network and passion for health because Live Health Smart Alabama is not healthcare. It is wellness. Mm -hmm. It is how are we preventing chronic disease in this state? Because there is a a lifestyle and a quality of life impact on poor health, but there's an economic impact for Alabama that is resulting from poor health. 
And so with Live Help Smart Alabama, its mission is to decrease the incidence of chronic disease. And it does that because UAB is the biggest employer in the state, but UAB can't do it alone and shouldn't do it alone. And so I think that Will also saw that I'm a collaborator. Um, you know, I then met Dr. Mona Fouad and goodness, she's, she's a rock star. Um, and she looms large in, not just on UAB's campus, but internationally in health equity and health disparities mm-hmm. and in, in health, you know, in healthy living in prevention, being able to work with her has really been an important part of my career. Live Health Smart Alabama was the inaugural UAB Grand Challenge winner in 2019. When it was announced that it was the Grand Challenge recipient, were you aware of it? Did you have your pulse of what was going on at that time? I watched it from afar because I was leading Allegro Partners at the time. And and so I was aware of it and I I followed it. You know, that all happened right about the time that COVID hit. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that it probably didn't launch exactly like everybody had planned because who did what they planned during COVID? Nobody. Um, but I do think that under Mona's guidance, Live Health Smart Alabama was able to pivot and really help to address COVID in the state. Uh, but I was aware of it and I, I did kind of watch, you know, I'm generationally from Alabama. So you asked where I grew up, but mm-hmm. generations of my family has lived here and we hover at the bottom of every important health ranking. Yep. If I could be part of just a little bit, a part of making Alabama healthier, that speaks to my heart, but it also speaks to my head. As somebody who is from the Midwest, call me an outsider before I moved to Alabama. You I knew you didn't see- sound like you were from here. <laughs> you, you do <laughs> see that and you hit it right on where we are always 49 out of 50 or we're right near the bottom. So with this organization, with this this initiative, what is the goal? What do you want to do? Obviously, you want to improve wellness, but what's the grand plan? The grand plan is to galvanize partners. So that might be religious organizations, academic institutions, corporations, nonprofits, the community at large, but galvanize partners to all care about decreasing the incidence of chronic disease. So diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, obesity, each of those, when you look at those, one in three of us in Alabama is obese. 14% of us have diabetes and over 40% of us have high blood pressure and high cholesterol. There's a lot of opportunity there, but we become that connector. We become that leader, that guider. If you can identify a common goal and get people across multiple industries, organizations, corporations, community groups to work together on that goal, decreasing the incidence of chronic disease. And then you can look at specific things that move the needle. We can decrease that. 14% of us have diabetes. Only West Virginia has more diabetes than Alabama. If we could begin to attack just individual goals like that, we really can move the needle on health. This isn't something that is going to change the state overnight. It can't. No. Um, the organization, as we mentioned, um, was a recipient of the 2019 Grand Challenge Initiative. What is the timeline? How do you map things out like that 
considering you have all of these different chronic diseases that ultimately you kind of want to tackle. Mm -hmm. So this is some of what I'm learning because as I am now at UAB, this is my first foray into academia. Um, and so Dr. Fouad has been teaching me a lot about that. But so we, we have, have 10 year goals. That's when you can begin to assess outcomes or in 10 years, but we also have process goals. So process goals help you understand that you are setting yourself up through procedures, policies, processes to actually meet that longer term 10 year goal. When we can begin to say, are we having an effect on diabetes? Are we having an effect on high blood pressure? Right now, how do you measure success? Is it with those things that you just talked about? Or are there other things that factor in and go, you know what, we are on the right track, we are ahead in the mm -hmm. right direction? Mm -hmm. So a couple of things that we started out of the gate with, we purchased early, it's been um, just about, about a year and a half ago, we purchased a mobile grocery. Okay. Because when you think about decreasing the incidence of chronic disease, food is medicine. Mm -hmm. and, and what you put into your body impacts your health. We also struggle in Alabama because so many of our communities are food deserts. And so people don't have access to food, but they also have access to good nutrition. Our mobile grocery goes into these communities with healthy food options. And we take SNAP and Double Bucks and EBT. Your question was, how do you gauge success? Mm -hmm. Well, one way is that we started in four communities. Now we're in 20. Oh, wow. Good. Another is that we, about 40% of our sales are produce. So we know we're getting fresh fruits and vegetables into these communities. We take, uh, you know, upwards of 30 to 40% of our sales are EBT, SNAP, and Double Bucks. Are they federally funded or locally funded programs so we know we're meeting a community in need. Those are signs of success. We also, with funding from Alabama Quality Assurance Foundation, AQUA, mm -hmm. and from Viva, we purchased a mobile wellness van and we are taking that wellness van into some of these same communities and we're doing free wellness screenings. So you asked how we're gauging success. As we are screening community members, what we are finding is that one in three do not have a primary care physician. 80% of the people who go through our screenings fall outside the range of normal. So they, uh, whether it's outside the range of normal for BMI, height and weight, blood pressure, cholesterol, blood sugar, they fall out of the range of normal for one of those things. 15% of the people who go through our screenings find out that they have a chronic condition they didn't know they had. Oh, wow. And so those, we are uncovering, those are measures of success. But then what do we do? We have a community coach program that connects those people to the next step. So how do they access the healthcare system at the appropriate place? Because many people use the emergency room as a primary care office and that's not the best thing for anybody yeah. not for the patient not for the health system not for anybody involved the, the emergency room is a very specific purpose so if we can begin to identify chronic disease and connect people with chronic disease to the right next step we can 
lower the incidence of disease. You can increase those who are properly managed in their disease. We can begin to move the needle. You mentioned that it's grown from being in four communities to 20. Are we just talking Birmingham? Because ultimately it's Live Health Smart Alabama, so you want to be statewide. Mm -hmm. So where's the yes, concentration and where are you at right now? That has a couple answers, but but we have, you know, when you start, you have to start somewhere. Mm -hmm. So yep. UAB provided the seed funding. Let's just say that Live Health Smart Alabama is a startup. Okay. UAB provided the seed funding. UAB invested a million dollars a year. This is how important this initiative is to UAB. A million dollars a year for three years. At the end of that three-year period, which we've already reached, Dr. Watts, um, Dr. Benoit, and the Strategic Investment Fund, they looked at this and said, we like where it's going. They invested another $2 million, so another million dollars for another two years. That means that UAB has invested $5 million in getting this off the ground. It is a true testament to UAB, and it's, a, it's an indication to others. This is how important we think this is. Come and join us. Mm -hmm. We invested our own money before we went and asked for more money. We started in, remember, we're a startup, so you got to have proof concept. Yep. So we started in Kingston, Titusville, Eastlake, and Bush Hills. So that's of the 99 neighborhoods that are in Birmingham, those are four that are economically challenged. They're each in food deserts. And they each, as you know, as you, I, I told you, 14% of the people in Alabama have diabetes. In these communities, it's more like 25%. I told you one in three of us is obese. In these communities, it's closer to half. So what you see is that the economic condition exacerbate the health condition. So we started there. We were quickly uh, noticed by Protective Life, who's been a really good partner. And you know, in the, in the last year and a half, Protective Life put their name on the Protective Stadium. Mm -hmm. And they didn't want to just put their name on a stadium. They wanted to be an advocate for that neighborhood. And, and what can they, Protective Life, do to help be an advocate for those neighbors? And so they, they are looking at housing and, and you know, housing security, but they looked to us to say, bring your wellness, bring your mobile grocery, partner with us in these communities. And so we expanded five more communities last year, Norwood, Druid Hills, Central City, Fountain Heights, Evergreen. So those north side, it's called the north side community mm -hmm. that surrounds the protective stadium. And we have plans to expand to other communities in Birmingham. However, we also have plans to expand across the state. We've started early conversations in Selma, in Demopolis, in Montgomery, in Mobile, in Dothan. So it is our goal to begin to gather others across the state who also care because what we are what we are attempting to do is make it easier how do we make it simple to be healthy how are we eliminating barriers to chronic disease how can somebody support live health smart alabama so there are a couple of ways a very easy way is to volunteer volunteer whether it's a neighborhood cleanup whether it's helping to staff a mobile wellness event whether it's helping to staff the mobile grocery. A lot of the people who we serve are seniors and they have difficulty walking. 
they get their groceries, they need help to take those groceries onto their into their home or to their car. So you can volunteer. Other ways that you can do is a million dollars a year sounds like a lot of money, but it's really not. Yeah. And so we continually are looking for more funding. More funding allows us to reach more people. You know, there are um, close to 5 million people in Alabama. And for us to begin to move the needle like we need to in that 10 year period, we have to reach over 100,000 people, change the behavior of over 100,000 people. And so we need the, the, investment from corporations. We need the investment from local and state philanthropy. We need the investment, quite frankly, of our cities and our state government to make this sustainable over time. And so investment is a second way. A third way is for corporations to give of their people and time. So great example in Kingston, Brassfield and Gorey, partnered with Live Health Smart Alabama to change the built environment. What is the built environment? It is, do you have sidewalks? Are they in good repair? Do you have lights? Do you have green space that you can go outside and safely exercise? Brassfield and Gorey invested not just dollars, but their people and their expertise in making sure that we had sidewalks, crosswalks, ADA compliant ramps. We worked with the city of Birmingham and Alabama Power around lighting to be a real transformation in that community and in the Kingston area. We worked O'Neill Steel and uh, Steward Machinery. And, you know, as we looked at um, the Stockham Park there in Kingston, making the Sunrise Rotary planted hundreds of trees. So you, what you just have heard me say, and I've missed people that I should mention, because let me say that our partners are many but what you heard me was a was a really wide range of partners who were there with us. When you look 10, 15, 20 years down the road with Live Health Smart Alabama, where do you think the initiative will be? I think that we will be statewide. I think that we will have included healthcare in institutions, insurance institutions, think Viva, think Blue Cross state government, Medicaid. It is incumbent on us to show the value of preventive care, food as medicine, importance of age-appropriate health screenings, importance of physical activity to your overall health, because it is less expensive to invest in that than it is to invest in chronic disease. That's Teresa Schuffelbarger. In 1989, she earned her MSHA from the School of Health Professions before being awarded her MBA from the Collette School of Business in 1991. Today, Teresa serves as the Chief Administrative Officer of Live HealthSmart Alabama. As a two-time UAB graduate, she definitely has a great idea of what it means to be a Blazer. I have now been at UAB as an employee for two years. What I found on my first day, and I have found every day since, is the welcoming nature of the people who work at UAB. From the president of the university, all the way to a, a faculty member or a student, that people could not be more willing to help me feel comfortable and successful at UAB. I think that is what makes a blazer. 
Be sure to check out past episodes of the UAB Green and Told podcast. Listen in at alumni.uab.edu slash greenandtold. Have a story to share or know someone who does? Email greenandtold at uab.edu. Finally, be sure to follow us on social media. Just search UAB Alumni on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening, and until next time, Go Blazers!